I'm not the house of cards that falls down easily Ooh, I'm strong enough to handle what you throw at me Welcome to Mental Health News Radio. I'm your host, Kristen Sunanta-Walker. Just what are we going to discuss? The intimacy that is mental health. Let's continue to make it as comfortable as discussing brain health or heart health. This show has been on the air for several years and we have amazing co-hosts. And then we created a network of podcasters on mentalhealthnewsradionetwork.com, a place where every possible facet of mental well-being can be talked about openly. My show, after several hundred interviews, the format is this. Intimate, deep, funny, touching, sometimes uncomfortable, but always vulnerable conversations with interesting people. The goal is to have you, our listening family, many of you who have become my good friends, feel as though you are listening in on private conversations. Thank you for tuning in and becoming part of this amazing journey with me and now with our network of podcasters. Just knowing this podcast might be helping any of you realize you are not alone on this journey called being a human being makes doing this podcast worth every second. Hey everyone, Kristen Sinanta Walker here, and I am on with a lovely, lovely person who is a new podcaster on our network. She's had her own podcast before, and we're really, really honored to have her join us on our platform. Her name is Christine Monahan. Christine, thank you so much for coming on the show. Thank you for having me, Kristen. (laughs) (laughs) Now, our listeners don't know who you are, obviously. So, uh, and I didn't want to read a bio or anything like that because I know a lot of what you're doing is new. It's new stuff that's that's coming out. So, give our listeners an idea of who you are and what your platform is. Absolutely, thank you. So, I um, feel like we are always growing into the next best version of ourselves, mm-hmm. and my actually creating. The podcast uh, stress is optional through the network, which I'm thrilled about. And as well, the e-learning platform is all about me growing into the next best version of myself. And my background recently is in coaching. I've been coaching executives and entrepreneurs for quite some time in the area of getting them from where they are to where they want to be through goal setting and goal achieving. Um, I also help them with the stress solutions piece. And then um, I'm considered quite the master motivator in terms of accountability coaching. So I'm not sure if that's a good thing or not. But um, my background is years ago was in event production and co-producing events of 80,000 plus people. Wow. And those were international sporting events and then um, raising money and sponsorship for them. And then I moved into different contracting campaigns that were national campaigns and marketing and promotional campaigns. And then I actually created my own event property and ran a um, four city self-development uh, series with 350 experts um, in Indigo Chapters bookstores here in Canada. And mm-hmm. I had Discovery Health Channel and Chatelaine Magazine and the whole the whole kit and caboodle on board. And then following that, I actually had a near-death experience. Um, mm-hmm. Actually, on the day, I was uh, getting a million-dollar investor <laughs> to grow my business. So oh my um, I did a big pause 
And uh, I like to say nothing changed and everything changed. So um, I went through that process of, of, of healing and then um, on all levels and really decided that I wanted to create my own business where I was helping others to access and nurture their own potential. Um, and so I've been doing that really ever since I've written a book. And then obviously, as you said earlier, I've had a podcast and now I'm thrilled to be on your network with my podcast again. Yeah. And I'm excited about the work that you're doing with us too, because all of those things that you know how to do so well are all things that we need help with. So. Right. Well, I feel like kind of a fuller brushman some days in terms of what I actually am capable of doing. Uh, but you know, I like to focus on what I'm really good at and what I actually also enjoy doing. <laughs> right. Same here. Same here. So do you mind talking about how life changed for you from the near-death experience? Sure. Um, so I was 42 at that point and I was uh, training for a half marathon, which at that point was not a big deal for me at all. And I have my own business, as I said, and I just, I felt dizzy for about a month on and off when I was running. And I actually thought it was my, um, the heart rate monitor wasn't working properly because it was saying it was at 40. <laughs> and I was like, well, that's not possible. Oh, I got a new, a new one, this is ridiculous. So anyways, long story short, I passed out and I ended up in the hospital with what they call arrhythmia. And in my case, my blood pressure was already low because I was so athletic. Uh, but it was dropping to a really low point and that was causing me to pass out. So, which is really about the electrical system in my heart is short circuiting because there's a blip there. Right. And my heart itself is, is, was, and still is very healthy. Um, so they did an emergency surgery and put a pacemaker in my chest. Then the next day said, well, head on home, go run your marathons and, you know, have a good life. So of course I went home and, you know, I was like the poster child for health and athletics and everything, right? Right. Um, so to have, and there was no known reason to what actually took place. So that, that psychologically was a real game changer for me because it was like, well, if that can happen to me, right. who's super athletic and super healthy at 42, then what else can happen to me and or others, right? So I understand maybe in a way that a lot of other people don't understand and hopefully they don't ever have to go through what I went through to understand it um, is the notion and the premise of uncertainty. And really the majority of my work now when it comes right down to it is learning to get comfortable with uncertainty because I believe uncertainty slash stress is the gap between where we are and where we want to get to. So that, mm. you know, I can articulate it like that now, but um, that took That's quite a few years for me to get to that place to articulate it. So I decided that I was going to walk away from the business and I was going to focus on now what I'm doing, even though I couldn't articulate it as such at that point. Yeah. So as I like to say, nothing changed, but everything changed for me. And it was invisible, the struggle and the anxiety and everything I was going through. And I look back now and I go, wow, I really probably should have had more help psychologically than I got. But I did get some. I had a, 
uh, a psychotherapist who had these amazing DVDs uh, that she gave me that were about reprogramming trauma in your in yourself when you go through trauma. And I mm-hmm. and I do realize I was traumatized, even though absolutely. So yeah, so it's it's like nothing changes, but everything changes, and that's not necessarily a bad thing. I mean, you know, hopefully people don't have to go through what I went through to to adopt that, but but that was my my thing, and I think because I'm pretty driven and <laughs> pretty focused, that I don't think anything less than that would have kind of woken me up, so to speak. Not that I feel like I needed to be woken up, but woke me up in terms of really stepping into what my, and again, this sounds cliche, but purpose is in this lifetime. I hear you. So the stress is optional piece of this. Some people might look at that and think, oh, you know, stress is optional, whatever. People say that, you know, but in the context of what you're talking about and what you went through, I feel like I really get what you mean by that, that stress is optional. Because when you're faced with your own mortality, you really learn what's really worth being stressed about it, what isn't. (laughs) So what fascinates me is how are you now when it comes to dealing with, you know, difficult people or difficult situations or what have you? What's the premise behind the stress is optional piece and how it works, you know, for you, and then go into what you're wanting to do with your podcast about it. Right. So I think I lead very differently now than I did at 42. And that was 13 years ago. So everybody can do the math. (laughs) We're about the same Um, age. Yes. (laughs) You know, I'll do the math. I feel pretty, pretty good about, you know, I'm always about age vibrancy, right? And I think I've grown into more of who I'm intended to be now than I've ever been. So in terms of dealing with challenging situations or individuals, I really think before I I would have been, and that was probably just age as well, I would have been more in someone's face and kind of gone, look, you can't treat me that way. And who do you think you are and all that stuff. Right. Now I'm more, or I like to think I am, and I I do believe I am this way more often than not is I tend to pause. I'm a big proponent of pausing. And I, when I'm working with my clients and they're trying to make big changes, I go, you know, just pause for five seconds, like pause, breathe, right. and then really think about your next choice, your next commitment, your next conversation. Like my entire business is based on three pillars, commitments, conversations, and choices. Because all three of those we engage in and lead from every single day. So the more that we focus on how we are leading in conversations, commitments, and choices every day from either a place of fear or a place of possibility really dictates what happens next in our life. And so I don't think it's as a complicated and big challenge for all of us to survive and thrive as we think it is, I think we've been conditioned, which is, you know, a different part of something else to talk about here. So I like to really focus and be mindful on my conversations, my commitments, my choices every day. So if I'm going through something in my life, or I'm dealing with someone who I feel like it's, it's not flowing, 
Then I go, what's my next choice? What's in the highest good of me and them? What's in the highest good of me and them? And sometimes, you know, it's like, well, why do I have to take the high road on this? But it's not really about me taking the high road. It's about me being the best version of myself and being being the best version of myself in that scenario with that individual and let them be who they want to be. And, you know, I like to say with my clients, it's a big thing I do. It's like a lead as you would like to follow. So if I'm following that person, they're leading me. How, how do I want them to lead? So if I, if I want that sort of philosophy and mindset of situations and people around me, then it starts with me. And the more I take responsibility for that in any given situation, the more it naturally works itself out. So in terms of your show, what kinds of things can listeners expect to you know, be hearing and the kind of interviews that you're going to do, that kind of thing? Right. So the whole premise of stress is optional is really the outcome of both my life experience and my business experience. I mean, when I was co-producing these 80,000 person events in like 100 degree weather over three days, and you take four days to set up and it's like, you know, ridiculously hot weather. And then you have three days of 80,000 people, you know, in your face. And then you've got another three days of breaking things down. You have to learn like there's no, oh, I'll do that tomorrow. or I'll do that next week. You are like on it. And so I learned about starting from an end goal and working backwards to what needs to happen today which is really another thing that I really help my clients to, to adopt in their life where the stress is optional part comes in is now, if I were doing those events now, I would do those through a completely different lens than I did them before. I was able to manage and make it work, but I look at my system, my nervous system was totally taxed after those events. Uh, we used to call it the post event blues and we'd all, go into hiding for like four days into our respective homes and not talk to anybody and not go out. So that's an example of, of stress is optional. I could have, I would handle that very differently now. And so what I believe has happened in it definitely in the last decade, but probably in the last since TV and internet and everything is we as a collective society have just, surrendered to stress as the normal. And I believe that that is a global addiction. And that that is derived from the political end of things, the commercial end of things, uh, the environmental to a degree. And we've just all bought into it. And so the whole stress is optional mission is to provoke this questioning, this collective questioning of you and I and everybody and shift that cultural mindset from stress is the norm to stress is optional. When I work with my clients, that's where I begin with them. And they're, they're like, okay, well, you know, show me how I'm going to do that. I oversee 50,000 people. And I go, okay, well, we just focus on this, this, and this. Like, let's start, look at your time management. And I've got, you know, I've got a client who's 50,000 people that she oversees. And she now through these tools, that I've taught her that she's adopted both like tools she uses to reduce her stress, but also to better manage her time and also work on versus in her role. 
she has now taught her team these tools and her team are now teaching their team. And in mm. fact, she told me the other day she was in a meeting with her team and it was a very contentious subject. And there was like 15 of them in there and everybody, you could feel the tension. She said her team member said, okay, we're just going to pause for a minute here. And I want everybody <laughs> to do this, this exercise that Wendy has, has taught me. And of course I taught it to Wendy. Wendy had taught it to her. And then they all did it and they were all like, oh my God, this is amazing. This is like my system actually feels more calm. Right. And it was just a simple breathing exercise that you could do anywhere that nobody would know about. It changed the entire dynamics in that meeting. And they were actually able to, at the end of the meeting, have options for solutions versus just spending the entire time focusing on the problem. Mm. And that is a very, very, very small example of shifting from stress as the norm to stress as optional. And that is in a, that's in a corporate environment that you would go, that will never happen there. Right. But it did. Well, I, I always look at, you know, you, you people will show up, especially if you're in a leadership position and they will show up on their best behavior, typically, not always, but typically they'll show up in their best behavior in front of whoever they feel like is the leader. And then maybe they're not so great you know, in other situations. So, and you just kind of don't, you don't maybe don't even figure that out um, until you've, you know, you've worked or been around someone over time. And I remember that when I worked with my corporate clients, I remember I could tell the temperature of an office. And just as I would start to get here about, because my job was to go in, do what I do, and then leave. Mm -hmm. And the longest I ever stayed in a company for a consecutive days was like uh, a couple of weeks. Mm -hmm. And as soon as I would start to hear the gossip, I was like, oh, good. My time's almost up here because I don't want to get caught up in this stuff. Right. <laughs> That's my flag. It's time to move on. Exactly. Next. So I never because I, I just don't I don't do that. Well, um, I'm not above it at all. Like I definitely have participated in gossip and, you know, younger years and stuff. So it's not like I'm saying I'm I'm so above it. I just mean that I I it makes I'm so uncomfortable in it that I just, I start to feel mentally and emotionally sad and anxiety ridden being around it. And I think a lot of people do actually, that's probably a normal response to that kind of stuff. So I also noticed that when uh, some people's behavior will come out when the pressure's on, like how they, a, a behavior that maybe they hide a lot of the time, but you know, isn't, isn't very nice. And when you see them under that pressure cooker, Mm -hmm. You see it come out and um, I've seen you under pressure and you're very graceful. Well, thank you. Um, <laughs> I, you know, I, I'm learning, I continue to learn to be graceful under pressure and I don't think I've always been graceful under pressure. Me neither. I, I, I like to walk my talk with my own clients. Right. So it always comes back to, I'm, you know, teaching and influencing and motivating my clients to do this. So I better be doing it myself. And we all compromise ourselves from time to time. You know, we're human beings. So we're not going to be 100% on all the time. But it, even in that moment where you feel like, oh, I just compromised myself because I engaged in that tidbit of gossip. And, you know, the reality is, isn't anytime we're 
engaging in anything like that, we're really compromising everybody. Absolutely. Um, and so in that moment, that's your moment. It goes back to the conversations, commitments and choices. I can make a different choice in that moment and go, you know what? I probably shouldn't have said that. And moving forward, let's, you know, I, I don't want to, I don't want to talk about this. Right. So it's a learning, it's a practice and it's a habit because you're talking about, you know, how someone will get triggered in a meeting or in a situation. And those are really, if you peel, peel it all back, those are just unmet needs that are getting triggered in that situation. So the more any, each of us figure out figures out what their unmet need is and that's sometimes what i will do with my long-term clients is i'll take them through this exercise which actually identifies the unmet need and as soon as they're aware of what the unmet need is they can instantly go oh you know i just spoke that way or i did that which i'm not proud of and that's actually triggered this unmet need so it's all about the awareness of the unmet need not like oh gosh i've got this thing you know right. <laughs> it's more just okay i'm aware of it <laughs> it just got triggered so what am i going to do to respond to that versus react to it and that's all we and and if we can all be leading that way we'd have we resolve probably three quarters of the challenges that we all seem to be experiencing you know, community-wise and globally, I believe. Yeah, that's very true. That's very true. I I knew having a very trauma-laden childhood definitely set me up for the way that I handled it was sort of the, well, it wasn't even sort of, was the hands on either side of your eyes. I don't see what's happening. I don't react to it. It's not happening. You know, that's what you do as a safety thing as a kid. And yeah. it, certainly, it certainly put me in positions where, you know, let's say I was on a psych ward with my therapy dog and 99% of the time that was a lovely, lovely experience. And then 1% of the time there were some really high, high, high stress um, moments, people yelling, uh, people yelling at me, people mm -hmm. yelling at my dog, whatever. And I'm one of those people that the minute that there's like heated behavior like that, mm -hmm. I, I immediately do like, it is just natural for me to immediately go to the most calm place possible. And there's a point to this, cause I'm not, this is not a brag I'm sharing. So that, you know, that made me good for those kinds of you know, those kinds of things, because I would remain calm. And I also would, if I saw someone bullying someone else, I also would calmly say, okay, this is not appropriate. I'm uncomfortable. Uh, these people are clearly uncomfortable and this needs, we need to stop this behavior. So that's kind of how I handle things. But here's what happens when you do that. And that's great, but you don't also allow yourself the stress of the situation to come out somewhere. I will have things happen like last night getting kicked in the head at a concert and fainting and that's for me that's a thing for me to go okay you've been handling a difficult situation very calmly as you always do and that's wonderful however Kristen you are not honoring that you are really stressed about this mm -hmm. you're mm -hmm. you're pushing it all under the carpet mm -hmm. and, and so your li life is showing up for you in some interesting ways uh, because I think getting knocked in the head is a pretty uh, big example of, okay, 
Do I need to knock you in the head again that you need to (laughs) freaking pay attention and pay attention to honor the fact that you're upset and you have a right to be upset. So it's kind of funny how we, you know, how we process our stuff and what we, you know, what is a good thing that also has its not so good side of it. You know what I mean? I know, I know, no one likes commercials, but seriously, folks, without the help from these organizations, we could not stay on the air. Please give a shout out to zencharts.com. If you're a mental health or addiction treatment center, you'll want to use their EHR. It's gorgeous, and they're just good people. And also mygenetics, M-Y-G-E-N-E-T-X.com, because knowing your genetic code empowers your mental health treatment. And lastly, copenotes.com. We love getting positive messages right to our phones every day from Johnny Crowder. He's the lead singer of Prison, a heavy metal band sharing their music about suicide prevention, addiction recovery, and mental health. See, that was painless. Support them as they support us. Back to the show. Absolutely. I mean, I believe a huge amount of the stress that people are feeling is because they're squashing and not expressing what is going on for them, what they were actually really feeling and struggling with. And because they're not doing that, then it comes out in some bizarre, twisted way (laughs) and or it gets directed at someone or something that is just the innocent flippant bystander. And and none of that is healthy. (laughs) And so, but there is a different way, right? There is a way that you can, because I think not stress is optional is not about everything's just great today and okay, no problem. I'm not going to let Joe bother me or Sally, what she said. It's quite the opposite. It's about Sally has just finished saying something to me and it's actually not very, um, that, that, that's like, actually I'm not feeling good. And I'll give you a very quick example. About a year and a half ago, it was during the election and obviously everybody's got their opinions and everybody's trying to ram <laughs> their own opinion down everybody's throats. And it's, you know, there's friendships and relationships. Everything is breaking up because of it, right? Right. So we're at a cocktail party at a friend's house and the two women I'm talking to are very, um, they were pro Hillary and I actually, and then this isn't about being political. It's just, you know, I thought it would be great. I think it'd be great to have a woman president. I didn't think that Hillary was the woman president that we should have that. And that's, you know, it's just my opinion, right? Mm-hmm. Anyway, right. so we're having this conversation <laughs> And I'm not trying, I'm just saying, I think it's great to have a woman present, but I don't know that I wouldn't, that she, I wouldn't vote for her as the first woman president. Mm-hmm. So anyways, I turned to this friend who I've known for 30 years and the friend starts rolling her eyes at the other friend. Oh. And then the other friend is mouthing something to her. And I'm like, I felt like I was like the little kid yeah, he's just been in the play school and just been like kicked in the summer. I literally felt sick to my stomach and I just paused and I and instead of so what I did is I actually stopped talking and I just waited until one of them realized that I was watching them. Mm. And then they both stopped and then they both felt very uncomfortable. And one of them tried to kind of like make light of it. And then I said, you know what? I think I'm, I'm just going to go get myself another glass of wine. You'll have to excuse me. <laughs> and I thought, I'm just going to let you two go and sort yourselves out. 
So was I upset? Yes. Was I pissed off? Absolutely. And what I did do, which, because in the moment I felt like if I did or said anything, I was going to make a situation really uncomfortable. I phoned them both individually the next day and basically just said, either you've got my back or you don't. And your actions are going to show me one way or another in the future, whether you do. I don't want to have a conversation about this. I'm not going to get into an argument with you. I just need you to think about that answer to that question. Mm-hmm. And that's all I did. So what the point is, I think you can express things in situations with people or circumstances in such a way that this is how I'm feeling. This is what's going on for me. And like you deal with it. You're the one, you're the one who's creating this. So you figure your end of it out versus trying to tell someone they're wrong or what you think they should do or any of that stuff. That's just a waste of time, I think. True, true. And I definitely have been in situations where, you know, I do call someone and they choose not to pick up and or they choose not to respond or they choose not, but then they'll do something completely out of the blue very undermining and I and then I tried it well okay why didn't you you could I mean really I'm so approachable just Mm -hmm. pick up the phone and call me like what 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 happened here I -hmm. tried to reach you well you didn't leave a message and you didn't and I'm like okay I'm not going to engage in a circular conversation about this person needing to be right so in that case I just back off and go okay moving on to other things (laughs) Yeah, you just move. You know, I, I, I. It's not that I don't, that I'm adverse to conflict. Um, but in a situation like that, I'm like, okay, that's just information. All that's, and I go back to the the conversations, the commitments, and the choices. Those are the three things that we engage in every single day of our life, all day. Right. And so we're mindful of those. Those are going to give us all the information we need about any scenario, and then it's our responsibility to respond to what is coming our way in such a way that we step up to the best version of ourselves. That's it. Right. Yes, exactly. And a lot of times too, I've found it helpful to like, if you've seen a pattern of behavior that maybe you kind of were ignoring or something like that um, to kind of do a little bit of investigating in a healthy way and see, okay, has, does this happen to other people too, or is it just me? And if you see that there's this pattern, you know, with a lot of other people having the same experience that you are, then you can, it, it helps depersonalize it because you realize, okay, this is an issue with this person. I'm not going to, I'm certainly not going to shed light on it for them. And anything I try to say, they're going to get defensive and, you know, I'm, I'm going to be just another one on their long list of people that, Uh, you know, betrayed them or whatever it is that they Mm -hmm. tell themselves and, um, and, and move on. And I also will stop and go, okay, well, there are certainly people that could call specific people that uh, I haven't worked well with, or I haven't had a, you know, good relationship or whatever. Um, And I, you know, you do that sort of rationalizing loop. Well, how can I, um, how can I have an opinion about how they're behaving? I haven't been perfect either in my history, but I did stop myself and say, listen, you work with a lot of people. You work successfully. You have way more 
wins than losses. Everybody has losses. You're doing okay, Kristen. Like you are not allowed to beat yourself up about this. You really are doing okay. And that's been a new thing in my late forties to allow myself to go, you're okay, Kristen. <laughs> well, and I think that that, I think that's a female thing, you know, having worked so many clients and, and, you know, the early part of my career was in a very male dominated international sporting world, right? Oh, like the yeah. hyperplane races. You were the formula one, yeah. The formula one car races. And I was just like this young 23 year old who was, you know, in it. Right. And what I think I've learned from all of that is what I learned from the men, which I think was very empowering is there they don't have a problem having um a tete-a-tete like with another guy or a woman they don't have a problem like being pissed at each other right. they will express what they need to express and then they flip and move on and if you are still friends with me great and if you're not that's okay too and right. i think we as women could learn a lot from men that way i think we tend to want to make everything good and be good and I feel like I learned that at a very young age with men and I feel like sometimes that's been threatening to other women in its own way. But now I'm like, I'm completely good with it. It's like, well, if you're not going to treat me properly and you and I aren't actually aligning and we're not happy in whatever environment, then let's just call it and move on. You know, there's a gazillion people in the world. You don't need to be friends with them. I understand that too. I, I've said the same thing. In fact, I've, I've said it and then I, I got some not so nice emails, just a few when I, I said, listen, I, I, I'm in my, my late forties and I was in technology. Do you, how many male CEOs as opposed to female CEOs did you think I've worked with? I had right. over a thousand clients. Like I, I worked with Ross Perot for God's sake. I mean, I they were I I remember on two fingers how many CEOs that were women all those 15 years that I was doing this. So I learned a lot from men that way too. Listen, they have their things. They can be pretty deplorable, especially exactly. if they're covert. Mm -hmm. uh, which tends to be some ways that women can be with each other. Not as much now. I think we're much more comfortable in leadership positions and we're, uh, we're allowed to be in those positions um, and we're, and we're more comfortable there. So I don't see it nearly as much as I used to, but I did not have good experiences with females in leadership positions. Mm -hmm. um, I just didn't, uh, there weren't that many of them. Yeah. And I didn't have them. They were pretty darn awful. Their staff were terrified of them. Um, it, it just, they were all, it was always an ugly environment. And with the men, yeah, there were some like that too, but there were, you know, you're right. There was that, hey, I don't blah, 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 And then they're done. Yeah, it's over. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, you know, um, now I have a lot of women that I work with and it's lovely Every so often there's something that comes up and I've just, people have something come up with me too. I'm no, you know, perfect person, but it's, it's interesting that you say that it's good. It was a good training ground for me to be really comfortable being in a leadership position because of all of the men that I work with who were comfortable there. Absolutely. Absolutely. I totally agree with you. So in terms of, you know, why you wanted to do this now in your life is this, this is just sort of, uh, 
a way that you've evolved into wanting to do this to help people in this way. And that came from that moment in your life after the near death experience where you just realized I want to do, I, I want to put my energy out to help others. Mm -hmm. That's what, why the relaunch of this is happening for you. Uh, I think, I think it's more about just growing into the next best version of myself. You know, okay. um, I think when I had the near death experience, it's like nothing changed and everything changed. And it, it's, you know, in my book, I talk about nothing changes, but everything changes. So it's the little things that change, which led to them, these pillars of conversations, commitments and choices, because all things being equal, that's really what shapes our day, our week, our month, our year are those three things, all things being equal, right? Um, so me stepping into doing this now is really the next level for me to grow into and really put out to the world what I truly believe. If I look back on my life from my childhood and I had a very middle to upper class childhood, I had a great childhood in many ways and I also had some, you know, there were some challenges in the family. Um, but I had uh, incredible opportunities. Like, you know, was spent four days with the Prime Minister of Canada, the Bayshore in Vancouver, when my dad was running politically. Um, nice. It was a great childhood in a lot of ways, but it was also loaded with a lot of anxiety and a lot of a, a lot of emotional upheaval. And so I think from the time I was a kid up until now, all things being equal, what kept on coming up for me in all these different business scenarios was that the stress piece is what takes people out and they don't even know it. Right. They don't even know that they're stressed. They don't even know that they're squelching down something in order to keep Joe happy or Sally happy or whomever. Absolutely. And then, yeah. And then along the way, I obviously, as I did more coaching with more clients, that became the common denominator of why they would set these goals and then they wouldn't achieve them. And, and, and it was never about, Oh, you're not doing enough. In fact, they were doing more than enough. It was the gap. The gap it was always in the stress piece. So I took some training with Jack Canfield a couple of years ago. And when I did that, I utilized that as a, uh, kind of a, a period of time to go, okay, what is the next version of what you are going to coach entrepreneurs and executives with? And how do you want to influence corporations hmm. through this training that you're doing? And out of it was like, you know what, all things be equal. And it took a fair bit of like diving into what did work and didn't work and, and really looking at all my clients from the beginning was the stress solutions piece. And I really feel like I've stepped into and landed in the place that is the accumulation of everything I've done up until now. Right. And so I've created these virtual workshops. I do them with corporations and they literally log onto their computer and there's four or five topics that I really speak about, which is basically based on what we've already spoken about today. And I just, I really feel like there's so much that can be solved and so much potential that can be accessed when you really make that shift from stress is the norm to stress is optional. Absolutely. 
Well, I just like the, I like knowing that there's a show on the network that's called stress is optional because it's such a good reminder for me. Okay. <laughs> it, it is optional. <laughs> Kristen, you can, you can make a different choice about this. Of course, be upset about things that are upsetting, but mm -hmm. um, carrying around additional stress about it, that is a choice. Well, and here's the thing, and I want to make, you know, I don't want to uh, sound Pollyannish here and go, well, you can just walk around in this bliss bubble every day. You, <laughs> right. you can. You absolutely can. I think that stress is a part of modern life. It's not that it's going to go away. Right. What I'm trying to convey and what I'm trying to help influence and provoke individuals to understand and to adopt is there are lots of success principles and tools that you can adopt into your daily life mm. that will minimize the stress that is present. So you might be going through a breakup. You might be going through a transition from working corporately to entrepreneur. You might be going through death of a parent. parent. Yeah. yeah, someone passed away. You could be going through all these different things. It's not that you're not going to be stressed. However, there are tools and there are principles that you can adopt and they can become a habit so that you can navigate through it with more ease and more grace and come out the other side, not feeling like you've been completely put through the ringer. That's, that's what I'm suggesting. And that's what I am helping my clients do every single day. I have a client mm -hmm. right now who's, father is very sick. Her mom passed away three months ago and she's got a brand new job, very high, high level job. And she's like, I, I'm totally overwhelmed. Yeah. Well, the call from last week me to this week is a completely different conversation because I gave her three or four very simple tools to utilize that are going to help her move through that stress. It's not that she's not going to have stress, but she can certainly move through it with more ease and more grace and more sleep and better food and 20 minutes of yoga every day. Those are all game changers in how we I navigate see. through something. And that is what I don't think individuals are getting or understanding or actually even knowing. And it all comes down to worn out habits. We have these unmet needs and these worn out habits and those are driving and reinforcing however stress shows up in our life mm, okay i get it now oh i didn't fully get it before but now i really get what you're saying absolutely absolutely well i'm excited to hear the show and be a part of it so let our listeners know you know where they can find more about you and also where they will be able to find the show of course, on our mental health news radio network.com site, but they can also find information about you from your site. Correct. So my e-learning platform, which is a self-directed learning platform, is stressesoptional.net. That's stressesoptional.net. And on that platform, there is a link to the podcast. And then with my coaching uh, clients, they can, um, or in, individuals or companies who are interested in the coaching and the virtual workshops, they can go to christinemonahan.com. And that's M-O-N-A-G-H-A-N.com. And there'll be a, a link on stressesoptional.net that takes people to there as well. So 
Fantastic. Well, thank you so much for helping our organization first and coming on the network and spending the time with me today to, you know, really explain to me and the listeners so that we really know what it, you know, what it is that you're doing. I, I feel like I, um, I feel like I was being a little obtuse about it. And now I'm like, oh, I get it. So thank you for that. Well, I just, I appreciate the opportunity to be on this network that you have created and that you're building. And, and I'm, I feel like it's a real privilege and you're one of those gems out there, you know, <laughs> who is walking her talk and really building this network for the right reasons on all levels. And it's, it's just a pleasure to be a part of that. Thank you. Total pleasure. So thank you. Absolutely. And of course, listeners, thank you to you for tuning in as long as you have. I really, really appreciate it. The whole team does. The whole network does. So thank you to all of you for listening to another edition of Mental Health News Radio. Sometimes I'm passive aggressive, but never without good intentions. I heat up and act on my emotions. Thanks so much for listening to Mental Health News Radio. Our podcast can be found on iTunes, Stitcher, and hundreds of other podcast apps. Or you can visit our website at mentalhealthnewsradio.com. If you have a question or would like to be a guest, become a podcaster on our network, or join the amazing organizations that help keep us on the air, please email us at info at mhnrnetwork.com. Get ready for that special goodbye from our resident therapy dog, Miles, and a special thanks to Emily Sohn for letting us use her incredible song, Cordial, for our podcast music. Listen to the full song on SoundCloud at emily.sonne. Don't be surprised when I don't hate on you. After all we promised, we'd be cordial. Sometimes in you, I can fight. Good boy.